Set your eyes on the sun. Why don't you just lift your hands to God right now? to him he looks to you not one person in this room is unseen in his presence not one person you might be standing here thinking you're feeling a little neglected by God or unseen but friend can I tell you he sees you he sees your need he sees where you're at and as you look to him he looks to you Sarah he looks to you He's looking at you right now. And I saw you walking a tightrope, God calling you out onto the waters, actually taking you up to new heights. You're going to see it next year. He's going to call you out to things that have frightened you in the past, to things that you've been afraid of stepping out into. 
and I just saw you walking a tightrope, but you were doing this delicate balancing act, and it wasn't gravity or um, yourself balancing you, but it was Jesus on your left and on your right. And as you dipped to one left, there he was to, to tilt you back. And as you dipped to the right, there he was to tilt you back. He is your, your balance. And as you walk that tightrope, as opportunities open up next year, you're going to see Jesus move in a mighty way in your life. Thank you, God. Bless Sarah. My friend up the back there, can you come forward? Yeah. Yes, you. Yep. Come forward. I just saw you standing under the Holy Spirit's waterfall, just completely drenched. And I know that you're thirsting for God. And I just saw you coming under the waterfall, just wanting to drink and drink and drink of the Holy Spirit and to drink of God. And I just saw God just filling you with His Holy Spirit, filling you with power, filling you with boldness, filling you with gifts. Do you speak in tongues? Awesome. Well, He's going to fill you afresh in an incredible way, in such a powerful way. There isn't just one filling, there's filling after filling after filling. So Father God, I thank you. Fill her right now. Fill her with your Holy Spirit, mighty God. In Jesus' mighty name. Drenched under your waterfall, Holy Spirit. Fill her afresh. Fill her afresh in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Craig, you're a light. You're a light man. And the Bible says you don't take a light and put it under the bed. You put it on a, a lampstand. And that's what 27 holds for you. Out from under the bed and onto a lampstand, man. It's your time to shine. And it's not you shining, but it's Jesus' image reflected in you. It's Jesus shining through you. And it might be in an uncomfortable place to be in, but I feel like he's been knocking on your door. He sees you, he loves you, he knows you. He's seen every battle and he's been there and he's been there. Great things in store for you for 2017, mate. Great things. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. give God a hand in this place. How good is God? You guys can be seated. Awesome. So good. Well, um, excited to be bringing the word tonight, a week till Christmas. So exciting. And um, I just wanted to um, repeat what's already been said and just honor our pastors, pastors' hearts in that. Ten years. Incredible. Now, I think it was the second week I came here, that, that was probably about five years ago, and I was sitting up the back by myself, because that's what you do when you're two weeks in. No, you don't, you come and sit up the front. But, um, and Pastor Nat, I remember so clearly you saying, you know, calling out my name and saying, Dorian, we built this place so you would come. And I'm so thankful that you've built this place and that you've continued to build it, because many 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 have come and many more will continue to come and um, thank you for your blood sweat tears and prayers um, because yeah it's just such a privilege to serve under you and um, we love what you bring here and um, you're incredible leaders and it's easy to take for granted um, the, the, the high caliber leaders we've got um, it's easy to get familiar but we do really have two of the world's best pastors in this house so we honor you we thank you so thank you and um reminder to all our young adults we've got the pursuit camp coming up in january 12th to the 14th so let's all go i'm going rose is going we're going to have a lot of fun and we want to put that invitation out to you 12th to the 14th of jan just put it in the calendar and um, we're going to be teaming up with our other campuses. It's going to be incredible. Jazz, I know you're asking Terry if he's interested, but it's a bit out of the age range. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Just confirming that, just confirming that. But yeah, if you're between 18 and 35 or, you know, whatever, 
just um, come along. We'd love to have you along. You can register. Just Google the Pursuit Camp and um, or come and see myself and Rose. We'd love to give you more information, but it's going to be unreal. Christmas, and we're in this season of Around the Table. And, um, you know, just thinking about the Christmas feast that we have and we all aspire to have. And I wanted to kind of take us or take us to a different place tonight. And, you know, Christmas is all about food and celebrating and, um, you know, catching up with family and friends you haven't seen in a long time. And it's often, you know, great food is delivered onto the table. Um, But I didn't want to speak about the delivery of food on the table, but I wanted to speak about the deliverance of those around the table. So the deliverance of those families and friends of ours around the table. And Christmas is such a fantastic time because it really is a time to celebrate. And um, often it's, for some families, it's sometimes the only time they get together. And... um, But I was just kind of sitting here meditating on it during the week. And you know what? If you actually sat down and think about it, to think about it, Christmas can be an awkward time as well. Because there's all those, you know, elephants in the room. And it's, you know, the people you haven't seen for a while. And it's probably for a reason you haven't seen them. It's family you haven't seen for a while. And, um, And you think about your table and there might be someone... Um, you know, I don't know what the elephant in the room is um, at your table, but it might be someone who's not doing so well in life and um, you haven't seen them because of that. Or it might be someone, you know, the, the other elephant in the room might be someone who's really unwell and um, you're thinking, you're wondering, you know, is this, are they going to be here next Christmas? I don't know what the white elephant in the room is going to be at your Christmas table, but I, f- I feel like we've all got one. Yeah. We've all got an elephant in the room. Maybe it's um, your family's been through a messy divorce and there's been real unpleasantry there and, you know, there's all these relationship issues and everyone's sitting at the table and it's a little bit awkward. I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, Christmas kind of puts the spotlight on those things in some way. And, um, I, you know, I don't want get, to get all negative about it because Christmas is a great time to celebrate, but I felt like God wanted us to just identify those things and actually pray into them going into Christmas to actually pray about those things and not set the table in terms of food but set the table in terms of prayer set the table in terms of creating an atmosphere over your family um, Christmas dinner or lunch or whatever it might be and being prepared as a Christian to walk into that place with the authority that you have in Christ the authority you have in Christ and uh, and if you can turn to um Mark chapter 9, that's the scripture I'm going to be speaking from tonight. And um, starting off in verse 14. And Jesus is returning back to the other disciples. And um, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. And Jesus' first question is, "What, what are you arguing about? What are you arguing, what is it, what is all this arguing about? So Jesus is coming in the distance and he can just see this quarrel. And Jesus turns up and all of a sudden it kind of settles down. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And um, just picturing that argument there before Jesus turns up. Like, you definitely have your Pharisees and your religious leaders there saying, you know, why are you praying for this, disciples? Or, you know, this guy is like this, this young kid is like this because his father sinned. Uh, there's no other reason for it and of course you've got the local doctor there he's saying oh no this is um, you know this is epilepsy and and there's no cure for it Um, you know Bill Shorten was there he was saying you know don't worry we're going to up your welfare payments 
Malcolm Turnbull was there saying, no, we can't afford it. Um, you know, the, the little, his, the kid's grandmother was there and she was dressed all in black um, because she never thought that it would change. So she decided she's just going to live a life of mourning for the rest of her life. Um, who else was there? There was a few other people I'd written down. The Scientologist was there. He came out and said, does anyone need a stress test? Um, you know, the, the um, tragic as it might sound, but the euthanasia people were, were there saying, hey, maybe it's better we put him out of his misery. Um, and, you know, um, Guy was there as well. He was saying, relax, guys, um, Brett's on his way. Uh, <laughs> but it's an argument. And everyone's trying to solve it in the natural and everyone's got their own diagnosis, and everyone's got their own solution. And um, the disciples are there as well, and um, they're trying to cast this thing out, but obviously they're trying to do it in their own strength, because we hear later on in the scripture, Jesus says, this one, uh, this could only be cast out in prayer. And the disciples knew that they were actually trying to do it in their own strength, because they only asked him after they went to a private place. And they said, oh, Jesus, uh, can you tell us why you know, it didn't work for us. And he said, well, you actually got to pray to get this one out. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we're trying to do it in our, our own strength. Um, but essentially what they're trying to do is they're trying to diagnose it and solve it without Jesus. They're trying to diagnose what the problem is and they're trying to solve it without the presence of God, without Jesus, without going to Jesus. Um, and then enter... Um, if we go to verse 19, Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. When the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked. And I love Dr. Jesus when he turns up because he brings out his spiritual stethoscope. The spiritual stethoscope that is the Holy Spirit. And he starts asking the right questions. And instead of um, people trying to work things out in the natural and trying to rationalise and, and um, come up with all these kind of natural solutions, Jesus asks the question, how long has this been happening? Why is he asking that question? I think he actually wants to, to ask the Father, um, you know, when... when when did you notice that this started happening? Like there must have been a moment where this started. Um, and the father goes on to say, oh, it's been happening ever since he was a little child. But when we think about our Christmas table and the people around it who might be facing stuff, um, who might need deliverance or whatever, um, I think if you go to Jesus and you sit in his presence and you seek him about that person, he will ask you questions because he wants to reveal the truth to you. So he will, he will begin to ask you questions like, how long has this been happening? And he'll actually give you the truth by asking you questions and by speaking to you in his presence. And so um, he, might be, he might want the father to be digging deeper and saying, is this a generational issue? Is, is this a curse? Like, can you remember the first time this happened? Um, I remember, actually, this was a, a couple of years ago, Leon and I share an office in Westride, and um, a couple of years ago, I was in the office next door, and Dad came up to me, and he said, you're not going to believe this story, but there's a demon in the office next door, and I said, and that's the office Leon and I are in at the moment, and I said, and I said, sorry, Dad? And Dad had just started coming to church, right? And um, I got excited because I'm like, yeah, I want to go see what Dad's talking about. So I rushed into the office next door, and there was this Lebanese real estate agent there who was the tenant, and he, he kind of jumped when I walked in. And um, he said, sorry, man, I'm just a little bit jumpy at the moment. Um, weird things have been happening in here. And I said, oh, what kind of things? And he, he just walked me around his office and he showed me, he said, man, look at this, uh, fires are just starting in the office. Um, 
like out of nothing. And he's showing me his files and there are ashes in his, in his files. And he's taking me to the carpet and he's like, check this out, man. This fire just started by itself. I, he, and he takes me to, you know, there's partitions that they have in offices, the material one, and it's completely melted. And he's like, this just started by itself as well. And he's like, I'll be sitting at my office and no joke, the wall opposite me would just go on fire. And he goes, the doors slam shut and open by themselves. Um, he said, he's, he's got a business partner and she brought her big, strong German boyfriend into the place because he doesn't believe in this stuff. And um, while he was in the office eating biscuits, whatever this thing was, just kind of crushed the biscuits right in front of his face and he just ran. <laughs> Back to Germany, probably. And um, he said, you know, the phone would fly off the desk and all this weird stuff w was happening. And, you know, I've been in church long enough to know that, um, you know, these, uh, you know, I knew that this wasn't happening with the previous tenant, so there must have been an origin to this thing. So I asked him, um, you know, how long has this been happening? And he said, um, and I said, it, it must have, you know, this spirit, he goes, I, I know it's there because when it walks past me, there's like a cool wind. And so he knew it was some kind of evil spirit. And I said, well, how, how long has it been happening? Uh, it must have come with someone. Can you, have you had anyone strangers he, in here? What's happening? And he, he was Lebanese, so he spoke to me in Arabic. Um, and he said to me in Arabic, it's her, it's, it's my business partner. And she's standing right there. <laughs> and he starts telling me in Arabic, yeah, she started putting up this Buddhist stuff around the place. And um, ever since she did that, um, all this weird stuff's been happening. And um, of course, he's, he's a, a Maronite Catholic, so he's put pictures of Jesus all over the place. <laughs> and I said, who put, who put the pictures of Jesus up? And he said, oh, that was me. I was just trying to deal with it. And, um, and he, said, he said, oh, but it's, you know, it's, it's fine now. We had a... We had a Catholic priest who was who kind of studied in exorcisms at the at the Roman uh, in Rome, and he came earlier today, and um, he kind of cleansed the place, and nothing's happened since. And I was like, oh, cool. So you know, I just looked at his business partner, and I said, do you believe in Jesus? And she said, I do now. <laughs> um, but there's often an origin and a source to a lot of the things that. Um, we struggle with and people struggle with and some of them have to do with evil spirits not all of them do but some of them do and um, I, I felt like um, encouraging us to to really pray going into Christmas well is there anything Jesus wants to show us about the people um, we're having dinner with or lunch with the people we love who we've seen who the people where uh, our hearts are breaking for and the people we want to see so free, perhaps Jesus has answers for us if we would seek him um, about those people. And I get it. Sometimes, you know, those people have been a thorn in your side for so long that you've almost given up hope or you've, you've stopped praying or you don't really believe in, um, in a positive outcome. Um, there's a whole bunch of reasons we can give as humans, you know, oh, they're you know, it's their life or they're old enough to work it out themselves, but really feel like Jesus wants to take us into that place and ask us those questions, but he can only do that if we seek him about it. Um, yeah, Jesus will help you understand what the cause is and what the solution is. Um, and as soon as Jesus turns up in that scripture, the argument stops. Because everyone will have their, their version of the truth and it will be true to some extent because that's what a counterfeit is. It, it's true to a certain extent. So everyone believes it. Everyone buys into the lie. But as soon as Jesus turns up, just like he did in that scene, the argument stops because people see the truth. And I know I've had that happen in my life where, you know, I've needed an answer about something and I've even gone to men of God and they've given me an answer saying no, um, you know, that's just how it is and you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. But when I go to Jesus about it, he says no. And he gives me the truth. And, and the great way to, um, to determine whether it's from God or not is the peace. You will know, you are, you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and it will tell you whether what you're hearing is true or not. 
So let that be your measure. Let that be your measure, the peace of God. And so you might be sitting there at Christmas dinner, um, and I encourage you to be praying about that leading into it. God's going to speak to people here. God's going to show you what the origin of that problem is. God's going to show you what the source of that problem is. And you're going to find yourself praying specifically about that problem. And I'm believing that a lot of you are actually going to turn up to Christmas lunch or dinner and see um, change in the people you've been praying for. You're going to see change in the people you've been praying for. And um, if anyone here has been um, dreading Christmas dinner or Christmas lunch for any reason, um, I just want to come against that right now. I want to come against any fear, any anxiety, and um, just encourage you that um, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. You do not need to fear or be anxious about anything. Just pray and believe that God will be at your Christmas lunch or your Christmas dinner. How long has this been happening? And um, Since he was a little boy, this is verse 21, 22. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? I love that. And that might be the prayer for a lot of us. Jesus, if you can. If you can do anything about this. And Jesus' response is incredible. It's so simple and it's so powerful. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible. Anything is possible for that family member. Anything is possible for that friend. Anything is possible if a person believes. And I love what... um, what the Father responds here. It's, it's an incredible response. And um, it's one I've been meditating on a lot lately. And the, father's, the Father says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, I believe you can do it, Jesus, but I've got doubts. And that's, um, you know, Jesus in that moment, he doesn't say, well, you better go and, and sort those doubts out. You better go and get perfect faith. You better go and... and um, you know, find perfect righteousness, and then when you've gotten rid of all the doubt, you can come back, and then maybe I'll consider, uh, you know, healing your son. That is the perfect response we can have to Jesus. It's that helpless surrender, where we say, Jesus, uh, I I recognize I need you in this situation. I I need you to, to, you know, I don't have all the answers, but you do. I'm powerless, but you're powerful. I can do nothing in my own strength, but can do everything by your spirit. And so, um, it's okay. I think it's, uh, I've wanted to encourage us tonight, if your faith isn't perfect about it, just go to Jesus about it and tell him, um, I've got doubts about this. And you'll find, as you express your own doubts to Christ, those doubts will actually fail away or fall away because what you're doing is actually um, exercising your faith in that moment. By coming to him and saying, I believe, but I've got doubts, um, that's actually expanding your faith right there in that moment. It's expanding your faith. What do you mean if I can? And the Father asks for mercy and for healing. And I love what Jesus says that, His mercies are new every day. His mercies for us are new every single day. Um, And I I feel that here tonight. I feel like, just like that father, there's a real desperation. There's a real desperation to see that family member healed. There's a real desperation to see that friend delivered. And um, you can hear it in the father's voice. Um, You know, I... I believe, but help my unbelief. Like he's, he's gotten to the point where um, he, he's at his wit's end. He, he needs a response from Jesus. And I think um, we need to be front-footed as we seek God in this season for our friends and for our family. When you believe, he can intercede. The Bible says that um, he is the high priest of our confession. So when we um, start 
praying and start seeking God and start declaring healing and deliverance over our family and friends, all of heaven actually comes to back us up. He is the high priest of our confession. Um, I know there's that scripture in Luke where Jesus says, um, which father, if his son asks for bread, will give him a serpent? And I want to encourage you tonight, whatever you're asking for about your, your friend or your family member wanting to see them healed and delivered, it's actually a good thing that you're asking for. And Jesus says, if you ask for a good thing, I'll never give you a bad thing. So you're asking for a good thing. So you can be confident that you will receive that good thing from God. That's his promise. If you ask for a good thing, he'll never give you a bad thing. So you can stand on that promise over the next week and believe for your family and your friends. Um, and if I can get the band up. Um, verse 25. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. When the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him, the boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. He's dead. And it might look like it's getting worse before it gets any better. We're talking about Jesus right here. Jesus speaking, Jesus working a miracle in this moment right now. And it appears as though it's getting worse before it gets any better. And the rumours going around that, hey, Jesus was meant to be delivering this kid, but he's actually killed him. Um, something's gone wrong. But there's always death before a resurrection, and that's what, that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. And so if it looks like it's getting even more hopeless, keep pressing in. If it looks like it's getting more hopeless, keep pressing in. Because God's probably at work. Jesus is probably at work. Jesus is probably moving in that moment. And there's a real wrestle and a real war coming on. But as you press in, you'll find God working a miracle in that person's life. His intercession doesn't always look pretty but it always ends up looking like this. It always ends up with verse 26, then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead and everyone said he's dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet and he stood up. It will always end like that. It will always end with Jesus reaching out his hand and lifting someone up. We were singing earlier, you know, he's never going to let me down. No, he never lets us down. He never lets us down. He only lifts us up. He never puts us into a miry pit. He only lifts us out of it. He never pushed anyone over or bullied anyone onto the ground. But countless times we saw Jesus just extending a hand and lifting someone up because that's what he does, that's what he's about, that's our Lord, that's our Saviour. He's there to lift people up. Um, in a moment, I'm going to open the altar, and I want you to come forward, um, because we're believing for your family this Christmas. And so if you want to pray for someone, I'd encourage you to come forward, and we'll stand with you and believe with you. And... You know, there's someone in your world that um, only you can pray for. I really believe that. And the scripture goes on, and afterwards the, Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, and they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this one could only be cast out in prayer. Um, there might be someone at your table that doesn't have anyone else praying for them except you. We know a lot of these issues can't be resolved except through prayer. So if you're the only one that God's asking to pray, then let's do that. Let's do that. I know that 
God's asked me to pray for people in the past because, and I've known that he's asking me because no one else is. There was a family who used to be in this church and God asked me to pray for them. And it was the kind of thing, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. And God wouldn't give up on that person. God wouldn't give up on that family. And I would constantly ran, run into them. It was as though God was sending me a message saying, hey, I'm asking you to pray for this family. And I, I started to notice that, that Jesus is on my case asking me to pray for this family. And it culminated in this moment where I pulled up at West Ride Station to pick up the mail. And I pulled in the car park and hit the car in front of me. Uh, I don't know how that happens, right? It was simple car, car park, but I smashed into the car in front of me. And um, the guy comes out fuming and it's him. It's, it's the, the, the guy from the family I'm supposed to be praying for. And he comes up to me all fuming and he goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> so there are, there are people God's asking you to pray for. Just before I open this altar, why don't we all just bow our heads and close our eyes. God, I thank you that you're a good God. And you see every person here. You see every family that they're a part of, every friendship circle. And I know you've got great plans for each person represented here this Christmas and all their families. I just want to put the call out there if anyone here in this place is feeling like that young boy's father and that's saying maybe you don't believe in Jesus maybe you've never heard of Jesus before or maybe you're sitting here thinking hey I, I believe but I've got doubts God would you help my unbelief if that's you in this place tonight and, and you're reaching out to God and you want to take that step towards Jesus tonight. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in just a moment. Because I'd love to just acknowledge you and pray with you tonight. Like I said earlier, Jesus does not demand perfection. All he requires is a mustard seed of faith. And that mustard seed of faith looks like it sounds like, hey, I'm believing just a fraction. I'm believing just a little right now. That's all it takes, a mustard seed of his faith, of your faith. So if that's you, would you give me a wave on the count of three? Just thank you, my friend. One, two, three. Who else is there tonight who wants to take that step? Anyone else, just give me a wave. Thank you, beautiful girl. I see your hand. Who else is there? just um, look this way and stand to our feet my friend up the back there raised your hand I'd love to pray with you so would you be brave and just come and meet me at the front here my friend would you come forward yeah awesome what's your name you I don't need perfect faith you're the author and perfecter of my faith I ask you to forgive me wash me clean I thank you I can come in your presence boldly and confidently
days ahead, Isaac. Taking a great step. Life's never going to be the same again. Thank you, Lord. Bless this man. Thank you. You come and make your home in here, mighty God. You fill him with your peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, mighty God. You are so good. You love Isaac. You see him. You've got a tremendous plan and purpose for his life. Bless him. Fill him with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There's someone behind you. They're going to give you a Bible and, and pray with you as well. So why don't we give it up for Isaac. Awesome. And um, altar's going to be open, so like to pray for that family member or that friend please come forward i'd love to pray with you but um, just as we finish up why don't we give god a hand thank you god amen thank you jesus thank you lord that you are good i thank you that you will we will see our family and our friends delivered i thank you father god that we can stand and believe and we can pray and see your word come to pass. I thank you that your promises are not empty, but every single promise will be fulfilled in Jesus' mighty name. I come against any evil spirit hanging over any family. I thank you, Father God, that today is the day of salvation. I thank you, Father God, that people will look around Christmas tables and see miracles taking place right there. Thank you, Jesus. Give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, He is my song. Let the King.
Hey church, um, we're going to close the meeting, but if I can ask, kindly ask you guys to kind of like, if you're going to be around, to hang around the hub, we just want to keep the altar open. God's presence is so evident here right now. He's doing some amazing things in people's lives. And if you haven't taken that step to come forward, I encourage you to come forward, meet up with God, and let's just see his breakthrough. So let me just pray a blessing over each and every one of you. We thank you, Father, for your word. The truth, Father God, that we heard tonight, Lord God, is so awesome. So I just pray, Lord God, that we take it home with us, Lord God, and that we would see something new this Christmas around the table. In Jesus' name, go in the strength of our God. Amen.